When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Pitching In. We're coming to you, Andrew Destin with Jason Mackey. I'm up here in chilly Pittsburgh where winter doesn't exactly exist anymore. I mean, we don't get snow anymore, but um, but Jason's down in Bradenton, Florida, where it's a little bit sunnier. I know it's not 80 and balmy, but uh, how's it going down there? You've been there a few days now. Yeah, I learned the hard way. Uh, don't complain to somebody about it being chilly down here. Nobody up there wants to hear it. I wasn't complaining, but like somebody asked me how the weather is, and I'm like, it's actually kind of chilly and, and- yeah, didn't didn't go well. So um, it's wonderful, um, which it is. It's warming up, and we have baseball back, and I am completely thrilled, Andrew. It's fantastic. So excited to get down there in about a week and a half. It's such, yep. a, fun, it's such a fun experience, but a lot of work and a lot of storylines, obviously, going around down there. And uh, you've had no shortage of those these last few days. Yeah, it's been a morning. Um, so we're recording this on Thursday morning, um, and I, I don't want – you know, people to be confused by this, or this is a chance to sort of deliver this head on. But, you know, we had a story hit news slide, not our website news slide, which hasn't existed in years and can't even download the app. I couldn't publish something there if I wanted to. Um, I pre-wrote a story about a pirate's trade, gleaning what was online and what I had seen. And you just sort of, this happens all the time. As you know, Andrew, I'm just talking to people watching this, like you do this a bunch of times throughout the year. Um, I just had one spiked recently that didn't happen, but you know, you take what you know, you give some background, and then if it doesn't happen, you just delete it or you add it. it gives you a step ahead. Um, if you're on the field for spring training, which I will be, or driving, which I will be, you're you know ahead of the game with breaking news. So uh, I did that, and for reasons that we still can't decipher, um, some glitch sent that to news slide, not our actual website. Still says draft in our content management system. I don't understand it. I hate it makes me sick. Everybody involved. Nobody's having a great time. Most of all, I feel bad for our readers who probably read this and got excited and saw something and then it's not true. And, and that's our entire job. Um, so it stinks. But on the plus side, we have baseball back. Hopefully people are forgiving. Um, I think everybody's been baffled or had their butts beaten by technology at some point with stuff they can't figure out. I don't know. Um, but, you know, in any way, um, hopefully we're just being transparent and we can move on and talk some ball. I'm looking yeah. forward to doing that. Yeah, well, let's get right into that. And I'll quickly just share an anecdote from my time of mess ups with technology. I was getting an earful from my girlfriend the other day that I was somehow not sharing my location on my phone. Um, obviously, <laughs> much less serious, but to make the conversation a little lighthearted. Yeah. Um, she was getting on my case about it. She's like, it still shows you in Toronto. Why are you in Toronto? I'm like, trust <laughs> me, I'm. I'm not there. I'm trying to fix it. And I tried to fix it. And then she's like, now you're just not sharing your location with me. So I am not. I, yeah, we've all been there with uh, technology issues and just want to get into talking some ball. So I know I just hate I hate it. I, it's our <laughs> job for that not to happen. I take painstaking steps for that not to happen. But we also nobody nobody ever bats a thousand when dealing with technology. It just doesn't happen. So it stinks when it does. I don't want anybody to think we're running from it. I try to provide, you know, I have stuff on my Twitter feed. If anybody, you know, wants even more information, trying to be as transparent as possible. I hate that it exists just as much as anybody else. And 
whatever. Let's talk spring training, man. <laughs> yeah, let's let's do it. You're coming to f- first day after pitchers and catchers. Um, wrote a few stories up live on our website, Post yep. and Gazette. Gotten a chance to read all of those. And uh, first, just want to go broadly, put the ball in your corner. What's your biggest takeaway from the first day of getting to talk to some of these guys, like Martin Perez, Yasmani Grandal, et cetera? There is a much different feel, Andrew, um, than probably you would have experienced. Certainly, I have experienced being down here. I mean, the Pirates have been a very young, inexperienced club in the past. It doesn't feel like that anymore. You know, you look around and there's a lot of veterans. You know, Andrew McCutcheon, Rowdy Telez, Martin Perez, Yasmani Grandal, Aroldis Chapman, um, Marco Gonzalez. Like, I understand people might be critical of, you know, the moves they made, the moves they haven't made. Is it enough? Is it not enough? But, you know, there's the point I'm making is just that it's not a whole bunch of kids any longer. Like they do have some maturity to them. I'll, I'll be obviously very curious to see how this pans out. Um, I think there's a move or two to be made as well. I certainly don't think the pirates are finished. I've been saying that, uh, but that's been one of my overarching takeaways that just, you know, it's a different tone, a more serious tone. I asked Derek Shelton about, you know, sort of his role in how the pirates comport themselves differently this spring. Like it's been a lot about teaching and development in the past and, now it should be about winning. And how does that, you know, change Derek Shelton's job? And, you know, in some ways it does. In some ways it doesn't. Like it ultimately comes down to games and how they perform during games and the moves he makes and how players execute and all that stuff. But, I mean, these are the, the first steps. And so, anyway, I, I can go a little bit more granular with things if we want to talk about like Henry Davis, Paul of Skeens, um, you know, some of uh, Roldis Chapman. Like there's some impressive physical specimens here. But, you know, overarching theme, that's what – I've taken away so far. Well, if we're going to have a spring training conversation, I feel like it's not fair to have one of those without mentioning a guy who's in the best shape of his life. <laughs> I mean, he's added 10 pounds of muscle. Yeah. No, I, I kid, I kid. But I mean, we saw Henry a month ago, all of us, and you're down there with him now. I mean, he does look physically stronger. He does look bigger. And, you know, we got a lot to discuss with Henry. I mean, what's been we your did. initial takeaways there? We d- Well, okay. So we both saw Henry at Pirates Fest, right? Yes. And I mean, you know, he looked good. He looked put together. I certainly didn't look at Henry and think like, oh man, he's lost a lot of weight or he looks really bad. Completely different. Wait till you get down here. Like he, he said, he took us through this yesterday where if he was going to be playing outfield, he might go down as low as like 205. Right now he's 227. Um, You know, his weight last year was kind of like 215, 218. Um, and, And you also see guys that, you know, they put on weight, but maybe it's not good weight. Like Henry is very noticeably, I don't want to say Jack, maybe I should say jacked. I don't know, but yeah. like it's very noticeably muscle. He looks great. Um, I don't know what that's going to translate to catching wise. I think he's got a fascinating situation. I saw it making the rounds yesterday about him going to the minor leagues, and I was a little baffled by that. I mean, that the where I look at Henry in this situation is we don't we don't know, and nobody knows. You know, if Henry struggles to catch defensively, which I think is an outcome that you have to account for, right? Like they only caught him two innings last year. He theoretically wasn't ready for the major leagues. Okay. That's an input. And then we look at his offense. If that doesn't pan out, if you go over two there, yeah, it it might be the best move to play him in triple A. I don't think that's what's going to happen. I don't think anybody would be particularly happy about that. I think Henry looks really good. I think there's a chance he could catch well. And I'm very confident that he's going to hit. So like, you take that, he's probably in your opening day lineup. But uh, that's the situation, the way I look at it. It's like spring and how he performs over the next six, seven weeks. That's going to tell us what happens to Henry. 
Yeah, and it's I, I guess not to put one more important over the other, right? It's there's an onus to be good at both in order to be able to make this big league roster, but just you know, I bring that up to say, given Yasmani Grandal's signing, this is a guy that they've shown a little bit of a financial commitment to. It's not just a a total waiver, right? I mean, I guess what would you say is the more important aspect uh, if Henry's going to a make this opening day roster, but b really challenge uh, Grandal for more playing time if let's say both guys make the roster at the start of the season. Yeah, I mean, Grandall's going to catch, to yeah. quote Derek Shelton yesterday. And Shelton <laughs> wouldn't commit, nor should he, commit to, you know, whether Grandall's going to be the starter, the backup. Because, I mean, I also don't think he knows. Um, you know, if, if again, if it's option, we'll say this is option B because it's not preferred. But if option B is that Henry doesn't perform in spring and they have to send him to triple A, then I bet Grandall probably becomes your starter. If it's option A and Henry looks like a 1-1 pick and takes a hold of that job, I think Henry's the starter. I, I do, and I think that's a strong possibility based on how highly I think of Henry. But we have to see it. So, I mean, I like Grandall to a point. Um, you know, if Grandall is there just depth, he's there, um, you know, in case anything terrible happens, fine. Uh, probably $2.5 million was a little bit higher than they needed to pay. Um, you know, he's got some offensive history, but it's been really bad the past two years. A little surprised by that, and not just – you know, not just offensively, defensively, like all parts of his game have suffered over the past two. So they're they're counting on a pretty big bounce back from him. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, like I'm in a similar camp because it's like, OK, in a, you know, in a vacuum five years ago. Yeah, this is one of your top five catchers in baseball, but this isn't 2018. Five years, right. Yeah, it's not 2018. I mean, we it was, I believe, what, a four year deal he was on with the White Sox. And it was yeah. the last two years of it were really a struggle, to put it mildly. So. Listen, I, I understand it, but it almost feels like, and I don't mean to upset Pirates fans here bringing up the name, but it's kind of like an inverse Austin Hedges in some ways, where it's a guy who's, you know, you're bringing him in and it's kind of hoping that he stays healthy. You're kind of hoping that he gets back to what he once was versus Hedges. You knew exactly what you were getting, and maybe it wasn't a great offensive threat, but at least you knew it was going to be good to above average defensively. I don't know that you can confidently say that with Grandel. And that makes me a little bit hesitant because this isn't a guy who, frankly, has been a great defensive catcher the last couple of seasons. And at no juncture in his career was he truly elite. What made him a good catcher is that he had a great bat. And I don't know I don't know that you can say both those things anymore. Now, on the flip side of that, I think it also doesn't hurt to have a guy who's got 10 years of big league experience catching right. in, that, in that clubhouse teaching a guy like Hank. I don't think that's the worst thing in the world. Well, and I, I think there's, there's two things here. Like if... Grandal becomes your backup. I don't think anybody really. So what? No. Who cares? Yeah. It's no big deal. Um, now he's a two and a half million dollar backup. So, and there's three starting pitchers. I think that's why people are upset and understandably so. They're looking at this. Why do we have a two point five million dollar backup who hasn't performed in two years when we need pitching? Which is a completely fair question to ask. Um, you know, with as far as um, I lost my train of thought. Um, as far as Henry and, and balancing that, I mean, I don't know. It, it's yeah. Grand. I just, I, I think the pirates would be so much better off if Henry thrived. I really do. Yeah. Make everything easier for everybody. But you know, as you said, the pitching situation, right? You got three confirmed starters right now or three guys you think are starters. Um, there's a guy who very well could challenge for one of those spots in Paul Skeens. But oh, we've... and Andrew, it, it just came back to me. This was what oh. happens when you get old, I swear. <laughs> I turned 40 in November. I started losing my memory. I don't think people would have been as upset if it was like an NRI deal. You know, if yeah. you brought him in on a minor league thing, 
you know, you're just giving the guy an opportunity. And even if he ends up catching, even if he ends up making your team because he has like a good spring or something, nobody's going to be upset about that. I feel like they just went out and allocated playing time to somebody who has been not good over the past two years. That's what and they, they've given him to an half million dollars. That's what people don't understand. Yeah. Thank you for letting me get that in. I'm sorry. Oh, of course. Well, yeah, because it's he's not a flyer. That's that's the it's his at this stage in his career. I mean, this is how I would articulate it. At this stage, he should be a flyer, but the Pirates are paying him as if he's not one, and that's a little bit concerning. So, yeah. um, but transitioning that into the pitching conversations you brought up just a little bit there, we know what the pitching depth is. It is not extensive, but yeah. they have addressed it to some degree. We have to believe there's probably more on the horizon. But what have you made of what you've uh, gleaned there just from watching some of these guys, from interacting with them? And one name, of course, that I know everybody listening to this podcast wants to hear about, and Paul Skeens, handling it, talking like a pro like he always does. I mean, yeah. what's uh, what's been the observations there of what we're getting from Paul? Big Paul, man. He uh, brought it home yesterday. I was quite impressed by him. I, I Every time I've talked to Skeens, I've been impressed by him. But um, he throws a side today, which I'm very excited to watch. I'll tweet out some video of that. Um yeah, I mean, he was asked yesterday about how he's going to, you know, or does he think about earning a job? Is that realistic for him? I thought he handled the question so well. You know, it was showing respect to the process and learning. And, and you know, he didn't come right out and say, yeah, of course, I'm, I'm, I should be on the roster. I'm looking to do that. It's No, he delicately said, like, I've got a lot to learn. You know, I, I, I'm looking forward to getting better. But, like, you know, obviously I'm here to compete for a spot if I – if I wouldn't, why would I be? I forget what it was. And it was along those lines. Um, I don't think Paul Skeens is going to earn a spot out of camp. I hope I'm wrong because I'd love to watch him pitch. But I you know, I do think they want to see him pitch in the minor leagues a little bit more and get on more of a five-day routine. Um, but, yeah, electric stuff. Love the personality. As far as the rotation, like I, I don't hate where they're at right now with Mitch, Marco Gonzalez, and Martin Perez. But they need at least one more, preferably two. Um, I worry how thin they might be right now. Um, I think one point, though, that Josh Fleming drove home for me is how funky the Pirates are trying to get here. Like, they went out and got Brett Honeywell, um, Josh Fleming, like two Rays guys that if you look at the Rays rotation, it's not five guys going three times through every time. It's never, it's never been that, or it hasn't been that way for a long time. Now, if you have glass now, you're going to do that. If you have you know, uh, Zach Eflin or um, who am I thinking about? Uh, McClanahan, somebody like that. Like, yes, they're going to be a traditional starter and just be used that way. But most of the time they're trying to like game matchups one or two times through all that. Stuff. And, and to me, that's what the pirates are looking at. So you've got, you know, where does Rowanzi fall? Where does Priester fall? Where does Ortiz fall? Uh, Fleming, Bailey Falter. Um, I, I don't think all those guys are going to work out, but some might. And you just sort of cobble together a rotation and yeah, that, the next move I think will also be very important. What about you? Yeah. So I guess that's where my mind goes is that, you know, it's certainly not going to be traditional, right? No matter what happens here, no matter what moves they make in the next week, in the next six weeks before they crack an opening day roster down there in Miami, you know, whatever it's going to be, it's not going to be a five man traditional rotation. I don't think. Um, But I don't know that the solution is already with them. If that makes sense. Like Hmm. I, I don't think that they are already at, Hey, We've got a situation where we've got the Honeywell, we've got Fleming, we've got Bailey Falter, we've got these guys that can go multiple inning roles, can start games for us, but be pulled early. And then we've got Priester Ortiz, uh, Priest Ortiz and Contreras that we feel confident about that these guys can be long men that come in for us. Yep. Uh, I'm just naturally skeptical of that trio. That's just where I'm at after last season. And 
would love for any of them to prove me wrong for the pirates sake. Um, but where I'm at is that, yeah, I mean, listen, you've got a situation where you're, you're trying to take advantage of arguably your greatest strength as a team, right? It's your bullpen. I think we'd all probably be on the same page about that. Just given what they've got at the back end, they're trying to, you know, enhance that even more. So wait till you see Chapman, by the way. Yeah. Oh my gosh. He's still got it. Yeah. Let's go. No, but like, I don't know. I just look at all of that and say, I don't want to see for the pirate's sake. I don't want to see that bullpen be, you know, negatively impacted in a way if it has to compensate for there only being three true starters. Exactly. I don't know that that's necessarily a good thing for the pirates. So I think you got to get at least one or two guys. I'm not saying that there's, you know, a clear cut solution outside of what we've reported that, um, you know, is out there that they're going to pursue or need to pursue. But I think there's a couple options that I know we'll get into here that, make a lot of logical sense in different ways, in different capacities. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. And again, I'm not going off of the story that's live. I'm just saying that that, you know, that's out there. They've been connected. I've connected them as Edward Cabrera being the most logical option because he is. If I look at the Marlins, like Yuri Perez, Jesus Lasardo, Braxton Garrett, they're probably not trading those guys. And if no. they are, I really doubt that the Pirates are going to want to give up what it would take to get them. Um, if you look at Edward Cabrera, there's a few dents there. I guess that might be a way of putting it. Just like the dude's trouble has had trouble throwing strikes. I think the Marlins, you know, they couldn't ask for an arm and a leg, but you're still going to get a guy who's under team control for a long, long time that you have to develop a little bit. Like those other guys are basically developed. I like Braxton Garrett, but like you're not going to suddenly up his velocity into like 95, 96 range. Like it's just not happening. But Cabrera's there. What you have to do is teach him to throw strikes. All right, the Pirates theoretically should be able to do that. So to me, that makes a lot of sense. And then if you look at other things, like they've been connected to Domingo Herman, Noah Syndergaard, um, I still think, and I, I have no um, reporting indication to believe like anything is is close beyond like maybe monitoring, but Michael Lorenzen still makes a lot of sense to me. Like if they come up empty on these other options, like if nothing materializes, uh, Lorenzen's somebody who intrigues me and, and has a decent track record of performance. So anyway, I, Cabrera's my pick, but I also want to just like, they, they need to do something, Andrew, because I agree with you wholeheartedly, man. Like you just worries me. You don't want to run the bullpen to the ground. It's good now, but if you're, if you're trying to operate 162 games with three traditional starters, I just worry if that's enough. Yeah. No, listen, we know how bullpens operate. Look, it's all fine and dandy when it's February, when it's March, but guys, yeah, it all looks good now. Yeah. And guys are going to get hurt. We saw what happened last year, how much the bullpen changed, adding guys off waiver wires and things like that to reinforce it. The only two true guys you could look at last year as, hey, these were expected to be contributors at a high level were Colin Holderman and David Bednar. You know, outside of that, I think we'd all be on the same page and saying it was a lot of moving parts, a lot of new guys entering the fold. So to me, you don't want to see the bullpen success come at the expense of you know boosting the starting pitching a little bit i think you can keep that aspect intact and you know there's a couple of names you throw out there right you throw out the herman the lorenzans the cinder guards and all these guys you know if i were in their position and i'm not here trying to advocate as saying the pirates is the preferred destination of any of these guys i don't i don't think that would be truthful but i think there would be a component to say that hey there's an opportunity here that if you come out in spring and you pitch well and you pitch to your capacity at this stage in your career that all those guys could be 130, 140 inning guys, if not more this season. They've all got that potential in front of them. And I don't know that there's a lot of other teams in Major League Baseball that you can confidently say that about to any of these guys, just given their track records and what they put forth in 2023, right? So that has to be 
a little bit incentivizing. I would think so. I would think so. Um, you know, and if I just look internally, Andrew, this is something I've been asking myself quite a bit being down here. Quinn Priester was taken in the first round. Rowanzi Contreras was pitching for the Dominican Republic in the World Baseball Classic. Um, Luis Ortiz was throwing 100 at one point. Um, and his velocity, all of their velocity, went down at one point because the Pirates were, you know, making some changes that one could argue that was maybe too much too soon. Um, or maybe they were exactly perfect and these guys come back and win 20 games. I don't know. Uh, right now, though, I would argue that it was maybe too much too soon and that these guys thinking a little too much. Be that as it may, there's pedigree. These guys have done things. Like, what if they pan out? What if even one of them pans out? Like, what if Rowanzi turns out to be what he could potentially, you know, like realizes his potential? You add that, Edward Cabrera, and I know I'm, I'm kind of dreaming or sure. fictionalizing here, but that's okay. It's a spring. It's what everyone's supposed to do, right? But I, I mean, it's not, like. it's not a huge leap to think that this guy who a year ago was pitching for the Dominican Republic might actually be good. That he just like had some tough times and had to get through it, and he didn't suddenly turn into a terrible pitcher. He might be okay, um, you know. And you make the trade with the Marlins that you know you got to give up some prospects, but you're going to get somebody important back. Those two pieces plus, which, like, man, oh man, that it's not far away to have a decent rotation. And then once you do that, it sort of sets up the other stuff you're talking about. You don't need to blow out anybody's innings. You keep guys fresh. You know, you can use guys where you want to, not where you need to. Nobody's having to wear it. You're not putting guys in good or bad situation. Like a guy who should be pitching the middle innings is pitching the middle innings, not the eighth inning. Um, so I just, yeah, there, there's just so many things that sort of like build that staff. Yeah. Well, with the staff, the guys that are there, one guy I want to do ask you about while we quickly have a little bit more time here. Um, wanted to ask you, though, about Martin Perez. This is a guy mm-hmm. you got a chance to chat with, I believe that was, um, for the first time since he signed on with the Pirates. Um, certainly had a tremendous 2022 campaign, took a dip in 23 for a team that won it all. Just wanted to ask you, I mean, you know, initial response takeaways from that first chat with him and a guy who seems like he's not only going to have a great chance to be in this rotation, but um, is going to kind of be called upon to be an anchor of it. So nobody will be Rich Hill. And so I'm not going to proclaim Martin Perez to be like the Rich Hill of the clubhouse, who's like the most approachable nice, full of perspective, you know, like a perfect veteran and was really helpful to them. But I think Martin Perez might be on the the scale somewhere. Um, and, and like, he's talking to a lot of people. He's very friendly. He was talking yesterday about how he just, he's like, anything you need for me? Like, I'm here. I like this. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> All right, buddy, you got it. Uh, but I mean, they, they need somebody like that who's used to that routine. And I think most of all, they need Martin Perez just to be good. Um, you know, he was very good last year. I think he went to the bullpen and sort of found himself had a, a funky year, which he talked about uh, two years ago. What was it? 2022, he had a 2.39 ERA. Yeah. And that's not far away. Um, you know, has a track record, a pretty good track record of performance in the major leagues. So I, left-handed pitchers, we found play extremely well here. Um, I like the demeanor. I like the makeup. I like the way he's going into this. I think one thing he said verbatim, Andrew, yesterday was like, I'm not coming here just to, you know, take the ball and pitch. Like he realizes some of the other stuff he's being charged to do. And I like that about these, these veterans. Like, you know, Grandal said the same thing. Chapman said the same thing. Perez said the same thing. Rowdy Telez said the same thing. Like they're bringing these guys in here and they realize like, Hey, we're not just like trying to do this for a couple months and get the heck out. Like they want to be here either that, or they're really good at 
faking it, but I don't <laughs> think that's I, I I don't think that's the case. I think they you know if you could say a lot of things about the Pirates. I will say from being in the clubhouse every day, like the and and you know this, it's a very good vibe in there. Like it's not a, a toxic place whatsoever. Um, guys get along. They're friendly. Um, they're friendly to us. They're friendly to each other. Uh, yeah, everybody can argue that they need to play baseball better and develop more and be deeper and all this stuff. But like, you know, a, a caustic clubhouse, this is not. And I think the Pirates went out and added some guys who are going to be even more important and even uh, more impactful in terms of like, you know, growing, navigating 162, that whole thing. Yeah. And you uh, mentioned, it, you know, just how positive that culture is, but also wanted to bring up, you know, you mentioned Paul Skeen's throwing the side that's coming up here shortly. Um, you know, looking ahead to this calendar, looking ahead to the schedule for these next few days before the full team gathers, I um, believe that be on Monday. Um, but what are we looking at for these next few days of things that are high on your radar and just things to monitor that I'm sure will be coming out on our website that you'll have us covered on? Yeah, and hopefully intentionally this time. Um, <laughs> not that the other thing was on the website. We just all need to laugh sometimes. Um, yeah. I'm I, laughing. I'm laughing. Thank, thank you. Thank you. It's the best form of therapy, man. Um, I, we're going to catch up with Anil Cruz. That's that's one thing that I'm really looking forward to whenever he gets on the field, takes batting practice fields. First full squad is the 19th Monday. Um, so that's a couple days away, but still, O'Neill is here. Uh, saw him this morning. I'm sure when Kutch gets in, that's going to be a, a big thing. Um, I want to talk to Rowdy Telez at some point about his initial impressions. I was joking with Rowdy um, off the record. I don't think he'll mind me sharing this, but he got a whole bunch of like old school pirates t-shirts. He was rocking a, you know, if you hear any noise, it's just me and the boys bopping. And I said, I'm like, sick shirt, man. He's like, I know Dave Park. You know, <laughs> like we launched into this whole discussion. So um, Rowdy, he, I don't know if he, he might upstage our Rowdy. We'll see. We'll have to have a Rowdy off at some point. Um, but no, it's, it's, it's really good, man. Um, I, I just trying to think of like other stuff I have in the works, but there, there are so many stories to tackle. Rwanzi's one I want to talk to Priester's one. I want to talk to, um, just a lot of these guys that are competing for spot spots uh, that we haven't heard from and, and find out what they did this off season. Yeah. Well, certainly a lot of guys to keep tabs on. I know you certainly will. And I'm so excited to get down there with you in a little bit of over a week. Let's but, go, let's yeah. go, buddy. I'm, I, you know, I threw this out there to one of our colleagues, Alex Stump. I was like, I'm, I'm just waiting for when I get down there, I meet Rowdy Telez for the first time. And either people just start taking photos of the two of us together or we sit for a photo and it's like the two Rowdies. Like, I know it's coming at some point. It's inevitable. So that's okay. high on my radar. So I introduced myself to Rowdy Telez this morning. Um, and I've, I've heard nothing but just wonderful things about like his personality and goofiness. And I've seen it, you know, just like, you, you know the way this is. You're a pirate sitting. Guys are just getting in and getting comfortable. Like, you don't want to go up to them as soon as they walk in or they're unpacking their things. Like, that's obnoxious. But, you know, he's been settled in. So I went up and introduced myself this morning. We chatted for a while. But, yeah, he's going to be a lot of fun. He was uh, – he's like, don't worry. I, I might, you know, give you some crap when you come up to me and ask questions or something like that. But it's all in good fun. I said, don't worry. Next time the clubhouse opens, I'm going to come in armed with the most inane questions you can you can possibly imagine. And we'll go – you know, he, he laughed. So, yeah, I – he might be game for that once we explain to him why I call you Rowdy and <laughs> and and what makes that the ultimate ironic nickname. It's the best thing I've ever been called, and I <laughs> say that in all sincerity. <laughs> I don't know if we've ever explained it on here, but we're going to leave a cliffhanger. I'm not explaining it. We will one day. Oh, oh that's hey, that's what we got to keep you guys coming back for. That's yep. what, that's how we keep you coming. But in the meantime, we got to let Jason get back to the workouts. I know the Pirates are yep. starting up here in just a couple minutes, so glad you guys could join us for our weekly chat here on pitching in. Um, and we will make sure to catch you guys all again next week.
Thank you for checking out this content from Post-Gazette Sports. If you watch this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our channel. For all of the sports coverage the Post-Gazette has to offer, visit post-gazette.com.